Country Sport Breakfast with Brian Kelly on Gold Sport. Thanks to Collier's Rural and Agribusiness. Profit from the best advice. Collier'sRural.co.nz As we mentioned, round 12, Super Rugby done and dusted. And I guess you could say there were a few upsets joining us this morning. Captain of our comms team and one half of the Rugby Direct podcast, Elliot Smith. Morning, Elliot. Morning, BK. Right, we're going to start with the uh, the shock, the Reds, with the shock of 2023, beating the Chiefs 25-22 in uh, Taranaki, leaving the Chiefs and their fans like us, like me and my producer, a little red-faced. <laughs> what did you make of that game? What went wrong? Well, absolutely red-faced. I mean, the Reds left them red-faced, didn't they? Um, and left yeah. us all red-faced because we're all talking about a potentially unbeaten season from the Chiefs, um, and even though they rested a few players, that team we thought was still good enough to beat the Reds on Friday night. But credit to the Reds, you know, their forwards absolutely stood up. The likes of yeah. Fraser and Wright was impressive. Um, and, and directed by our own back line, you know, O'Connor and, and um, McDermott, I, I thought were good, and they had their opportunities as well. But when it comes down to it, the, the forwards bettered uh, the Chiefs and what they were able to offer in the pack. And, a lot of players injured for the Chiefs, obviously. Tuffyo injured or rested. Tuffyo was rested. Kane rested. Weber rested. Uh, Ritalik injured. So they did um, decide that this game was one of the targets to use their all blacks rest. But um, credit to Queensland. They just hung tough throughout the entire game, absorbed what the Chiefs threw at them, and then threw a few punches of their own. And um, just, I, I thought, took an opportunities, you know, a few and far between, but when they came, they took them really well, and the Chiefs on the you know the opposite side of the ledger just weren't able to do that. Even right at the very end, when you know they had advantage and they were phases when they were attacking on the line, they just couldn't find a way through. So credit to the Reds' defence. You know that was a must-win game for them in terms of keeping their season alive and uh, getting a win over a New Zealand team first time they've done it in New Zealand in ten years. But um, yeah, really disappointing effort by the Chiefs and. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of talk about their depth this year and the players they're able to call on, but maybe the um, you know you say um, back up a bit on that and then go cheapers. The, the Reds are able to expose some flaws in that Chiefs team um, on Friday night. But to work on for the uh, for Donk at uh, practice this week, that's for sure. Right, let's move on to the uh, the Hurricanes 29-19 at half time in Wellington, and then in the second half, blowing out 71-22. That was a game of two halves, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly was. And look, the Hurricanes, um, we're pretty happy with that, I think, by and large. Uh, you know, got through the game, got the bonus point, got the uh, the tries towards the end of the game. They were able to rack up a few, rack up a score and improve that points differential, which could be you know, very, very vital in the uh, closing weeks of the season to determine who plays who in the, in the playoffs in a, in a few weeks' time. So all in all, I think the Hurricanes will be very, very happy with uh, what they put out across 80 minutes. Uh, but, you know, Moana Pacifica, they changed up their entire 15. So some of their all-stars, you know, like Levi Almour and uh, Tava Tava Narvai weren't playing. Um, a couple of other players in the pack that have been impressive for them. But they switched out their entire 15. And I don't know that Moana's necessarily got the depth to be able to, to do that and, and justify it week in and week out. But they're obviously targeting the Crusaders game this weekend back home at the Outsmart Stadium as one that they might be able to, to land a punch on. Uh, the Crusaders you know, were shaky against them a couple of weeks ago. But going back to the Moana game, um, I, I thought the Hurricanes very, very impressive. Did what they needed to do. Got out of it with a bonus point. Racked up a few tries, and as I say, that points differential. Um, you know, it's got a little ahead of the Crusaders uh, at the moment in those vital 
postponed playoffs, and it may come in very, very handy as we get into that deep part of the season. Yeah, well, let's talk about the Satyrs. That was uh, the big one, Saturday night, 15-3 over the Blues. That was one hell of a tough game of rugby, really, wasn't it? It was. It wasn't one for the, uh, you know, the, the fans of um, attacking uh, rugby necessarily. It was, it was two defences, really, going at it. And even even though the Blues conceded the, the, you know, 15 points, their defence was very good. Uh, throughout that contest yeah. as well, um, you know they withheld um, the Crusaders for the opening 20 minutes, and there was a stat at one point that flashed up on the Sky coverage. It was something like the Crusaders had made two tackles, and the Blues had made 80 in the opening uh, 20 minutes or, or thereabouts of the game. The Crusaders had just had all this ball and couldn't really do anything with it for the um, uh, for the opening quarter of, of the fixture. But they were able to take some opportunities to France, but they didn't take all of them. Um, and I think they're probably a few points out there, the Crusaders, given the amount of possession uh, and territory they had at points uh, of the game. The, the Blues, on the other hand, very disappointing um, attacking night for them. They didn't have a lot of ball, pointing that out, but uh, they weren't able to do a lot with it when they had it. They kicked it away often. Um, yeah. Yeah, you look at those opportunities they had, though. Um, you know, it was one from Bowden Barrett late in the game when he kicked ahead and it was sort of bouncing the ball sort of stuff, but you can't really think back and go to too many chance, too many occasions where they're putting pressure on the Crusaders and on the Crusaders line and, and trying to force them to, um, to to come up with some answers. So Crusaders will be happy with that. Blues uh, not so much. And you know, the Crusaders now have that um, advantage as they look for a home quarter final in a few weeks' time. And you had the call on Goldsport yesterday for the uh, Highlanders Brumbies match yesterday, which was a decent sixty-minute performance. It was for the for the Highlanders. Absolutely, it was. Uh, tip for tap for, for so long in that game. We counted up uh, late in the game. There were 10 lead changes uh, throughout the contest. It was back yeah. and forth. It was really, really entertaining uh, rugby. Uh, it was like the old days of, of Super Rugby back in the, the mid to late 90s where you get scores like what we did yesterday, 49-32, and it would be tip for tap. The Highlanders, I, I think, was one of their better performances of the season, in all honesty. Um, just 60 minutes anyway, they sort of fell off in the last 20 as they... Uh, needed to make some changes, and, and some of their players got a bit fatigued, and the Brumbies were able to, to take control finally uh, of that game late on, and, and you know some magnificent tries scored by by both sides. The Highlanders maybe an opportunity to, to get a win there that slipped through their fingers. I mean, they didn't have Ethan the group, they didn't have Aaron Smith um, yesterday, and uh, they don't have any locks. Basically, there's a lock shortage um, down south, and, and at one point yesterday they had Shannon Frizzell who started at lock alongside Hugh Renton who started at number eight, uh, didn't have any locking reserves on the bench. So if there's any locks down south that fancy a super rugby game, uh, I'll give Clark Germany a call because you might be on this week. <laughs> and with the Brumbies, now, well, they've been second on the table. How far do you think they can go in this competition, remembering we've only got three games left? Well, they're really hard to beat at home, and they've still got the Chiefs to come uh, next weekend, so not this coming weekend, the weekend after. Um, and that could be a, a really titanic battle. Um, the Brumbies are certainly capable of, um, of winning that one at home, and, and look, if they win that, then they may be able to tip up the Chiefs to top spot, and then you go, well, the final uh, and the road to the trophy runs through Canberra. Uh, it'd be very hard to beat a home as the, the winter chill takes hold in Canberra. It's one of the coldest places in Australia that they come harder and harder to beat, but like the Crusaders, um, I think they can go pretty far in this competition. As I say, that home advantage is going to be crucial, mm-hmm. though, because it's hard to see them beating too many New Zealand sides on the side of the Tasman. Uh, they're going to have to play in Canberra as long as they possibly can. But Chiefs, I wouldn't rule them out if they're able to um, to get a couple of wins and and beat the Chiefs in a week or two. And if they if they get top spot or, or near to it, they're going to be very very difficult to topple.
And Elliot, what do you make of the story with the Fiji Rugby Union reportedly being suspended from the World Rugby Council, losing its voting rights? I mean, this is a, a new development in a continuing saga, which has rocked Fiji and rugby's governing body in the last couple of months, isn't it? Yeah, it has sort of been bubbling away. It hasn't got so much airtime in New Zealand over the last couple of months, but um, they've been battling away with um, their board and um, the Fijian government. Um, we suspended all the board members last month and, and World Rugby and, and other international sporting bodies come down pretty hard on government interference in, um, in, you know, in, in unions and in national unions. So they're suspended in, until which time they can um, get their status back as uh, operating legally, to, to use the, the term, and um, uh, as, it, as it stands at the moment, they're not doing that. They will still be at the World Cup. It's important to point that out. They haven't had their World Cup um, spot for later than the sheer strip, but they do need to pure, uh, prove a few things to, to World Rugby. Uh, over the next 12 months or so, I think it's going to be review, reviewed early part of next year to see if they've got the right systems in place. But, um, yeah, it's been bubbling away under the surface and then PG and rugby have sort of been um, you know, not asking for it necessarily, but this is what happens when you allow interference from other um, parts to come in. Mm. Um, you know, you open yourself up for, for world rugby to take action. That's what happened. Yeah, not a good look. Hey, Elliot, nice, uh, nice of you to join us, mate. Have a great day. Here's BK.